is Thinking Drinking, a podcast about drinks, trivia and social history with absolutely no tasting notes. I'm Tim and I'm joined in the virtual pub by my drinking buddy, Ileary. And I'm not going to ask you what you're drinking and thinking about today because this is part two of our seasonal mould special in which we're going to shift from wine to cider and go a-wassailing. Have you, uh, have you topped up, dear? Half topped up. I'm now drinking from a travel mug because that's what you were on last episode, and I thought it was a genius idea. Yeah, I am smart. Uh, I am a bit scared of burning my lips, though. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> the options of jokes I could make there overwhelmed me, and I just went into complete silence. <laughs> I was just going to say, just just raise your mug off your lap, hun. I think that's. <laughs> Put it on the table, put it on the side until it cools. Nobody wants burnt lips for Listen, Christmas. No one wants burnt lips. <laughs> Look what I did. I Can you see that on my camera? I mean, obviously you can't see that, listeners, but can you see that? I can. And? I'm jealous. Because <laughs> I, I haven't got my shit get to sh- I've not got my shit together enough to be doing the same. My chestnuts have uh, roasted, speaking of hot lips, and... Um, they're ready to be munched as we go through this episode. A little bit hot at the moment, actually. But, I hope you burn your lips. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Han. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, wassailing. We started talking about this a little bit way back in the episode about toasting. Do you remember? I do. I, I speak about that episode quite a lot the toasting thing because it's just one of those things that you know happens a lot when you cheers someone mm. oh well I know lots about cheersing I'm going to give you a lot of information that you've not asked for go <laughs> <laughs> that's every conversation I have with anyone ever <laughs> I like how you you've noticed that that stuck out as an anomaly for me it's just like no that's how I talk to people all the time there's a lot that you didn't want to know <laughs> Um, so what I remember from the toasting episode is that um, Vasheil means good health uh, and it was part of the cheersing tradition and toasting and it also referred to the bowl from which people drank uh, from, from the wassail bowl and I was looking up wassail bowls I wanted to look at some pictures of them because I thought I bet they're quite pretty and realized there are we don't have any examples at least that i can find of wassail bowls from back in the medieval period where it was taking off they're all they all start from the late 17th century mm-hmm. reformation and that's because oliver cromwell banned christmas didn't he bastard he banned all the celebrations you know you were only allowed to go yep jesus was born and that was it that was your christmas day there was no. To be fair, sometimes getting that way in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Are you likening Boris Johnson to Oliver Cromwell? No, I'm just saying that Cromwell would love Christmas 2020. He would love all of 2020. It's no fun. <laughs> he was a big fan of no 
no fun. Uh, <laughs> there was, there's, he shut down all the theatres. He stopped Christmas. Like, basically, this is Cromwell's ideal year. Yeah. Ah. I can't believe I still feel angry about Oliver Cromwell and this is like 1640s. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even alive, but I feel personally aggrieved by his choices. Anyway, um, <laughs> so it seems like all the sort of celebratory winter feast stuff would probably have been destroyed and lost uh, throughout that period. So we have to look to the late 17th century for our earliest wassailing bowls. Um, there's really, I mean, there are, they are beautiful, some really pretty ones. There's one in the museum in Gloucester, which is from the late 17th century, and is a typical example. It's made of wood from um, the lignum vitae, which is the, the, the tree of life. And it, like, in a way, this is quite unusual because a lot of the, the, the drinking vessels you see, I think, in, in other places, you know, particularly for wine and beer and stuff are ceramic or their, their metals. And for wassailing, you see a lot of wood, you see maple, you see tree of life, you see all this sort of stuff. Tree of life isn't native to Britain. It's actually the official tree of the Bahamas and it's the official flower of Jamaica. So what it's doing is, you know, in one sense, it's kind of showing the new colonial power of Britain at that time that they were bringing back wood from, you know, the mm -hmm. making something of it. But also being the tree of life and being that we're sailing was about, you know, it was a ritual about good health and bringing, bringing life. You can see why people wanted that kind of additional, um, that additional element of bringing good health and it having medicinal properties rather than like pewters that they were drinking from otherwise. So I think that's interesting. And you also find puzzle bowls, puzzle wassail bowls. No. Have you seen these? You know what they are? No, it's making me think of those. Um, you know, you can buy like puzzle boxes to give somebody a gift, but they've got to like get into it. I'm imagining that, which would anger yeah. me if I was wanting to get a drink. <laughs> I think it would anger you, but I think you'd also love it. So let me tell you what it is. I, I reckon you'd have a good time with these. Uh, so a puzzle, a puzzle bowl, or or like a puzzle jug, um, has lots of holes around it. And like some of them are, some of them are real, some of them are fake. And the puzzle is that you have to figure out which holes to plug with your fingers and which hole to drink from so that you can actually get your, you know, your, your cider or your mead or your wine or whatever out of the bowl when you drink it without getting it all over yourself. Nice. So, you know, the, the joke was that people would always get covered in booze because they wouldn't know how to drink from it correctly. It would often be something like instead of pouring out of the spout end, actually the correct way to do it was from a secret hole in the handle or something like that. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I thought you'd like those. They're really good. Although a bit of a waste of booze. No, obviously none of us want to waste booze, but let's say you're at a big celebration and booze is a plenty. Yeah. That's a good laugh to have on someone, I think. <laughs> yeah. So um, wassailing is, uh, I mean, we're a little early for it, you know, actually, but some people celebrate, most people celebrate on 12th night, which in the current calendar is the 5th of January. But in the old calendar from you know, 18th century before pre-Gregorian, Twelfth Night would have actually been the 17th of January, confusingly. Mm -hmm. Twelfth Night after Christmas. 
And um, you, you can see kind of classic examples of that from you know, 12 Days of Christmas and also Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. So if you're familiar with the play, the, the first time, well, after the initial shipwreck and welcome to the island, welcome to Illyria, the next scene you get is of drunken people coming back from Twelfth Night celebrations. Basically, they've been out sailing and they've come back and they're tipsy and they're in the kitchen and they're singing and making a noise. And then the, um, the, the head of the house comes down and tells them off. Mm-hmm. So that's like a classic example of the approach to Twelfth Night was let's all go out and get boozy. <laughs> and there are two main approaches to wassailing. One is going door to door. And I'll hold off on that one for now because I think I'll go to you first on that. Um, <laughs> and the other one is going to the orchard. So yes. we're sailing among the orchards. So I think we'll start there. There's, let's start with the rhyme. Why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> it says, Wassail the trees that they may bear you many a plum and many a pear, for more or less fruits they will bring as you do give them wassailing. A lot of the cultural history of wassailing is told through song and um, rhyme and poetry and stuff. Um, the purpose of taking it to the orchard is that they wanted to awaken the spirits of the apple trees or, you know, all the other fruit trees and scare away the evil spirits to make sure that they had a good harvest um, of fruit in the autumn. And those ceremonies would vary from village to village but they all kind of have similar elements to them. So you would probably have a king and a queen who lead the song or the procession um, and they go from one orchard to the next. So it's not just like one night in one orchard, they actually go around with local orchards. Mm-hmm. And the job of the wassail queen is she gets lifted up into the boughs of the tree and she places um, a toast soaked in wassail that's been soaked in the cup as a gift to the tree spirits so you know how we talked about the origin of toast coming from a literal bit of toast that you dropped into your drink yeah so they would put that in the tree and give it to them sort of as a as a toast as an offering Mm -hmm. and then maybe do an incantation like we have um that blooms well bears well hats full caps full three bushel bags full and all under one tree hurrah hurrah (laughs) um and then all the assembled crowds sing and shout and they um they crucially make a lot of noise so they bang drums and they bang pots and pans um and they really like to make a a racket in in some history people also would shoot um through the trees as like a final volley um and then they're done they go off to the next place and there's also a nice uh, folk tale i like from somerset where the uh, of the apple tree man and the apple tree man is said to be the spirit of the oldest apple tree in the orchard um, and that's where the, the fertility of the whole orchard resides and there's a story of a man offering his last mug of mulled cider um, to the trees in the orchard and then he gets rewarded by the tree revealing the location of buried gold Ooh. So, um, yeah, there's all sorts of stories like that. But yeah, all around the harvest and apples and cider and just generally trying to have a really good time at the end of the 12 days of Christmas period before you have to get back into the real world. <laughs> Which, you know, none of us want to do really. <laughs> <laughs> so before I kind of add anything on to the 
door-to-door wassailing. I know you've you spoke briefly in um, our Halloween episodes <laughs> about something which ties to this because actually you know a lot of the the, the practices of wassailing are very similar to what most people would understand as being Halloween practices or even bonfire night practices. Yeah. So um, why don't you go first and then I'll see if I've got anything to, to add on about the door-to-door practices of uh, sailing. Yeah, so in Wales we have the Murray Lloyd, which um, is normally a December thing, like some, some villages wait until January, but it's normally around this time of year. Um, I think I mentioned it in... Halloween episode because it's bloody terrifying but it's not done to scare people it's just a thing that people do um so the Mary Lloyd it translates to grey mare in Welsh from Welsh to English and it's a pagan tradition um it's almost like they saw the whole wassailing thing going on and they were like hmm they've set the bar high here we need to come up with some weird shit <laughs> so <laughs> the Mary Lloyd was born um so what they do <clears throat> they take the skull of a horse and they decorate the horse's skull with reins and bells and ribbons all very colorful uh they then place that decorated horse's skull on top of a pole so it's like a nightmarish hobby horse <laughs> Uh, they wrap that then in a white cloth or sheet so it's completely covered and somebody crawls in underneath the white sheet to hold on to the pole so it looks like it's just some messed up ghost horse floating around the place Um, and it's flanked then it just kind of does a a procession around the village Um, and it's flanked by people in traditional Welsh costumes um, you can Google those if you want to see them. All I'm going to add is that they're really itchy and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have, yeah, crazy ghost horse and people in Welsh dress going around the village, playing violins and stuff sometimes, not always. Uh, and what they do is they go door to door and they knock on the door. A person will open the door and the horse will try and gain entry into the house. And in order to stop the horse from being allowed in the house, they have to have a, ba- a battle. So the horse will battle the household. Um, so the challenge is to kind of like a, a rhyming insults challenge. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially like a rap battle with a horse's head. <laughs> uh, and that can go on and on for as long as whichever party wants. Um and whichever way it goes, the horse will always come into the house uh, at the end and bring good luck. That's apparently what happens when the horse comes in. It spreads good luck to the household. But if you did not win the rap battle with the horse, it gets to raid your pantry and eat all your food and booze. So the the act of the whole rhyming insult thing uh, is mm-hmm. known as punkle. Um uh, yeah, it's it's still done. Like some villages still do it as a full on like tradition. There's one not far from me. They normally do it in January. Um, it isn't as popular as it used to be, but just kind of try and keep the tradition alive or the story alive. Like you, you do find that 
the Mary Lloyd is taken into schools and the children are shown about it and it is terrifying. I remember being like, what sweet hell is this? <laughs> Why is there a <laughs> horse's head ghost thing at school? Um, people tend to do it in pubs as well. It's more of like a, just a fun thing. You know, you're drunk in a pub and the Mary Lloyd comes in and you can start swearing at it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's there is actually uh, quite a similar thing in Scandinavia. Yeah. Called um, the uh, Yule booking, which is um, Yule Yule goating essentially. So they have they have Yule goats. That's a popular symbol there, um, because uh, the, the the god Thor you know, who, who they worshipped had his chariot driven by two goats. And there's a tradition during the Yule holiday that people would disguise themselves in goat skins, mm -hmm. go from house to house carrying a goat head. <laughs> um, and they still do it now, not necessarily carrying the goat head, but they go disguised, you know, like a goat mask or something. And the, the point is, People go disguised and they disguise their voice and like, you know, their mannerisms. And it's meant to be like a guessing game of who is it. Mm -hmm. So you go to and they're supposed to guess who you are. And once they guess who you are, then you you get to drink and move on to the next place. Nice. So there are a few things like that. And, and there's other traditions in, in West Sailing with um, a similar approach with, with dressing up as animals where you have to tell the person a reason why you should be let in and they have to tell you a reason why they can't let you in and that goes back and forth until one of them gives up essentially and either you get to go in and then yeah raid their food or else you have to clear off and do another one if you give up <laughs> i think the thing that freaked me out the most about the mary lloyd was that a lot of the time they put like fake eyes in the skull that's the thing mm -hmm. that used to really i didn't used to like it would have like weird glass eyes and stuff. It's, <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> but you know, this this door-to-door -door tradition that we see in wassailing, that we see in um, trick-or-treat and other things like that, it was kind of a way for peasants to get their Christmas bonus from the feudal lords in a way that wasn't begging. Mm -hmm. um, that they would, you know, it would, they would come around and specifically say, you know, we're not begging, we're friendly neighbours, you know, you, you owe us something um, as a Christmas treat, because obviously begging was a crime in, in most places. And uh, mm -hmm. the, it was generally seen as like a friendly way to offer a, a Christmas bonus for people. Um, and you hear that, for example, in things like, um, we wish you a Merry Christmas. That carol is all about, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We want, you know, some figgy pudding. Oh, we won't go. We get them. It's a standoff. It's yeah. it's that kind of door-to-door like sailing where you say, you have to give us something or we're not going to go. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and you find that, like, it, it starts innocently enough. And then you start to find examples of where these things get um pushed into a much more kind of serious and violent realm which I think I'll, I'll leave to the end of this one I'll get onto that a bit later but while they're talking about singing obviously you know singing is a principal part of wassailing I know a lot of contemporary folk singers always get gigs <laughs> to go into wassailing in the orchards Blur actually recorded um uh well they called it the, the wassailing song mm -hmm. which 
I think it's like the Gloucester, it's the Gloucestershire wassail song. They called it the wassailing song. Wassail, wassail, all over town. Our toast, it is white and our ale, it is brown. But yeah, they recorded that in, in 92. While we're on um, Christmas carols and drinking, because I thought of We Wish You a Merry Christmas, um, you know, Deck the Halls, fa la 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you know that was Welsh? No, I did not. Yes, it was originally a Welsh folk song. Um, it's probably medieval, like judging by its construction, but we only have it written down first in um, about 1700 um, by a Welsh harpist called John Parry. So it was originally in like this, and then there were Welsh lyrics that went to it. It was, um, now, I'll say it, and you tell me how to say it. Uh, Nos Gallon? Nos Gallon. There you go. New Year's Eve. Yes. Um, yeah, that was that was published as a Welsh New Year's Eve carol in 1794. Hmm. Um, so it had slightly different lyrics at that time, but the melody certainly came from uh, traditional... Welsh folk music. It was picked up musically, the melody actually by Mozart in his 18th violin sonata, and least by Haydn as well. Um, and then the lyrics we would probably recognise more were actually first set down by a Scottish musician called Thomas Oliphant in 1862. But he did publish it side by side with a Welsh translation. But it seems like they were created at the same time rather than it was written in Welsh and then he, you know, wrote it, if you see what I mean. Yeah. The, um, I think a lot of people now know the, well, I'll get to that. I was going to say a lot of people know the, the version that doesn't involve booze. So originally it was definitely a wassailing drinking song. Deck the halls with boughs of holly, fa la 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 Tis the season to be jolly, fa la la Fill the mead cup, drain the barrel, fa la 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 Troll the ancient Christmas carol. See the flowing bowl before us, fa la 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 strike the harp and join the chorus, fa la 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 follow me in merry measure, fa la la while I sing beauty's treasure, fa la 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 fast away the old year passes, fa la 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 hail the new ye lads and lasses, fa la 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 laughing, quaffing, all together, fa la 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 heedless of the wind and weather, fa la 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 I think that's a really nice sentiment. Yeah. Like, just have a good time and bev it up because it's the end of the year. <laughs> in a nutshell yeah love it mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um the drinking references were ripped from it in 1877 can you guess who did that was it you or me <laughs> <laughs> why would we remove drinking references from a song i don't know just replace them with filth <laughs> Dead no, it's, it's exactly the opposite oh it was the Americans. Just Jesus obviously. people do it. <laughs> the stupid Puritan Americans. <laughs> so they were the ones who took out the drinking references. Um, so Deck the Horse with Basil Holly, Tis the Season to be Jolly, Don We Now Our Gay Apparel, lol. Um, <laughs> all the ancient Christmas carol. They replaced booze with gays. Um, all right, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they, they took out all the drinking references to it, which I think is a shame, personally. Yeah. There you go. Deck, Deck the Halls um, started as a, a Welsh folk song about having a jolly old time with your bowl of mead. Proud of us. Yeah, I'm proud of you too. <laughs> <laughs>
Me except for the weird horse shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's many other reasons. I mean, you know, this is following not long after our episode on Beaujolais Day, so we can't be too proud. But um, <laughs> in that specific instance, I'll, I'll say I'm proud. All right, what have what have you got for me in this, the the uh, hot cider world? Mm, hot hot cider, I love it, love it. Um, so there is a particular time of year that I really really enjoy a hot cider, and it's not Christmas. Hmm. Mm. I can often be found enjoying a hot cider in June. And it's funny actually because in the last episode you mentioned the. Was it Brazilian guys that um, link it yeah, to the Southern Hemisphere? Yeah, but they but that's because it's winter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm normally drinking it literally on summer solstice. <laughs> um, okay, why? So it's at Glastonbury. Um, so oh. obviously Glastonbury being in Somerset, they love this cider, and there is a very popular, infamous, some would say, um, cider bus at Glastonbury. It's in the same place every year. It's right just 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 off the pyramid stage. And it's a big double-decker bus. And it's a local local cider producer from the Glastonbury area that just makes the most delicious cider. And they're there serving it up all through the festival. Um, so in the day, they're just doing regular cider nice cold which is obviously popular when you're in a summer festival nice cold cider uh, and then in the evening despite it being june it does get very very cold so they crack out the hot cider um and for an additional amount of money you can add a shot of brandy to it which i obviously do um and usually by that point i'm quite bevved up and having a lovely time and I just instantly feel Christmassy <laughs> with my brandy and hot cider um, and I just start singing Christmas carols so it's not we're sailing per se but I just <laughs> singing Christmas songs and lots of people join in and yeah it's almost like a tradition for me now at Glastonbury to at some point go to the Glasto bus the cider bus have a hot cider and sing some carols <laughs> in June when you say when you say carols, is it Slade? Uh, no, it's Mariah. <laughs> I feel like Mariah would love that experience, being on a cider bus in the middle of summer. No, it's really she good is stuff. getting earlier and earlier every year, actually. When you look at, you know how they do this report on looking at data of when people start listening to yeah. um, Mariah Carey's All Along for Christmas every year. And they're like, Christmas has begun because it's now entered the charts. And every year it's been getting earlier and earlier. Yeah, I feel like this year is going to be like peak earliest because everyone's ready for Christmas. Um, what else was I going to add? Oh, yeah, just the cider place. Um, so obviously, sadly, Glastonbury didn't happen this year. Um, but what they did do was offer, you could just get your cider delivered to your house. So they did like a nice deal where you could have a crate of the cider, um, a small bottle of the brandy, and also the cider bus branded cups, which are you know well known and recognised in the festival as well. So that was quite nice um, this year. Instead of being at Glastonbury, we sat at home and watched highlights with our cider and brandy in the the cider bus cups, which is nice. Well, that sounds delightful. If mm -hmm. you 
like that sort of thing. Um, and <laughs> I love when you were like, yeah, you know, when you're sort of, you know, you stayed at the festival and it's getting late and cold, so you want a hot cider. I'm like, no, I'm in the hotel by then, honey. <laughs> I've not stayed on site for that experience. Um, what kind of cider is it? Like, do, do, would you, is it, I suppose because I'm sort of saying festival, like, is it just a standard whatever cider? Like, when you get mulled wine, you don't really think about what wine you're drinking, or do um, you get a gutsy get, West Country scrumpy? Yeah, I mean, you get a choice between sweet or dry, but it's very, very strong stuff, um, like really strong. <laughs> um, mm. They don't actually tell you how strong it is, but it is very well known that it's a special kind of proof for the festival. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, scrumpy just means like rough. <laughs> <laughs> rough. It's not. I say scrumpy cider like it's not that well defined. It just means like a rough farmhouse. Yeah, I'm. I'm not big. But we all know. You know, the thing is, like, you can't necessarily define a scrumpy beforehand. But when you've had a sip, you know whether it was scrumpy or not. Yeah, because I thought it had scrumpy because you can buy it from like, you know, just a big chain supermarket and it's branded as scrumpy, but it's not really scrumpy. Um, I once bought, it was on the way to Glastonbury. It was about three or four miles out of the kind of festival site. So it was on all the country roads in towards Glastonbury. Um, obviously, the only people travelling on those roads that day would be festival goers. And so the local farmers were kind of making use of that and they would literally just pitch in little tables on the side of the road selling scrumpy and I bought this like this huge flagon of scrumpy off this farmer and shoved okay. it in the boot for the festival and oh my god it was interesting it had a lot of stuff floating in it and <laughs> it, was, it was intense. When I lived in Devon most bars would have um, like a barrel of their own scrumpy mm -hmm. on like, on the bar and occasionally you'd feel brave and you'd try some and it would come out like soup <laughs> like, yeah pretty warm pretty thick yeah <laughs> things later in it. You're like okay this is technically a drink i guess yeah but it's more like a soup um scr scrum actually like etymologically it just means anything small or undersized when referring to apples so mm -hmm. you know like um even things I'm thinking now like hawks down the road from me and they specialize in unwanted apples and turning yeah. it into cider so that would be the very definition of scrumpy mm -hmm. you know they're taking all the unwanted apples and they're turning it into a cider but you wouldn't think of that as scrumpy because it's an operation on a large scale yeah, it's, it's very it's tasty it's not that strong so it doesn't kind of have yeah. that same association I think no no there was one, it wasn't really a scrumpy, but it was just a very, very strong cider. It was my, my brother went to university in Portsmouth and there was a pub down there that used to have a cider. Um, and they just used to, I can't remember the name of it because they just used to refer to it as silly cider. Um, and they could, they didn't have like, you know, on the bar, you have like the little disc in front of the, mm in front of the what's the word I'm doing the action but I can't think of the word yeah like the, the pump the pump <laughs> uh, you'd have the little disc on the pump explaining what what it was and what proof it was there was never a proof on there you'd have to ask them because it depended where in the barrel they were at it because if you were getting yeah. a pint of that stuff when they were near the end of the barrel it would essentially like be having a pint of really mm. strong wine 
<laughs> also, can I request that you never do that motion at me over the internet again? I can't promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, she just did something very rude at me. Um, <laughs> have you heard of the genre of music, scrumpy and Western? I, I want to say yes, I have, but I haven't, and I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you... you Probably have and you haven't. I mean, you've probably seen a band. Scrumpy and Western is <laughs> just like funny folk style songs, you know, often parodies or filled with double entendre that lampoons both the folk style and the country and Western style. So mm-hmm. you would think of people like Adge Cutler or the Wurzels, I mean, most famously, you know, oh, you've got a Conway and Harvester and I'll give you the key, which was a parody of another song that was famous at the time. Um, but I, I love this genre. It is hilarious. It's like the original musical comedy. Um, and a lot of artists are still going strong on the scrumpy and Western front. You find them at any cider-based festival in, um, in the West country. That's not Glastonbury, I suppose. Maybe they do have some there. Um, but the one I wanted to talk to you about specifically, because it's going to lead on to my last um, a bit of research is Skimmity Hitches. Uh, Skimmity Hitches is a scrumpy band, and I mean, I can't play any for you now, but please go away and Google this afterwards. Or, like, look on YouTube, Skimmity Hitches, and um, they have songs like um, Up All Night to Drink Scrumpy, um, <laughs> Don't Want to Be a Cider Drinking Idiot. <laughs> I I've been drinking scrump and I feel fine. <laughs> and um, my willy's getting hard, which is a song about being on the bus. <laughs> um, I think they're great. It's really like, they're just, they do like pub um, drinking songs, but um, a lot of them are parodies and all of them are not only parodying, you know, proper, proper musical styles, but most importantly themselves. And every song is about cider. Amazing. I heartily recommend uh, looking those things up. But um, the reason I picked out Skimmity Hitches in particular is because um, Skimmington Ride is a term that kind of came out of this mock parade style from the wassailing. Mm -hmm. So it's also called Charivari or Shivery in the US, it's mostly known as. and this is sort of the, um, what I would call the most aggressive and violent end of the, of the wassailing experience. So they, they still are focused on what they call rough music. So they go on these parades of banging pots and pans and making a racket and doing all this business. But rather than doing it in, you know, in the orchards to evoke the spirits of Mr. Apple Tree Man, and all that business they had a specific real life target so it would be someone in the village who in their eyes had done wrong and it started as you know we will come into your house and make a racket and so that everyone knows what you've done and then it evolved into kind of like songs and rhymes about them and then they would create an effigy of them and parade it (laughs) through the town (laughs) yeah yeah and you know, this still goes on, but on bonfire night now, right? Yeah, yeah. create effigies, and then they do. They parade them through the town. They tell everyone what they've done, and then they burn them at the end. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> kind of reminds me of um do you, i know you watch the last leg they do their um dick of the year <laughs> so it's kind of like that yeah. yeah exactly it's it's just lots of public shaming um and the targets would often be it would often be kind of like quite domestic things so not the political figures you have now on bonfire night it would be a marriage that the village disapproves of or you know weirdly um originally it was it was centered around domestic abuse for quite a long time but the original targets in the medieval were if a wife was beating her husband or like scolding her husband then mm. the husband would be the figure of ridicule wow so yeah they would ridicule him because he didn't stand up to his wife he didn't fulfill like, the expectations hell. of his gender yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty dark um and they would have like someone pretending to be the wife and she'd have a big ladle and she'd hit him um <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> i know it's pretty it's pretty grim and they would do things like rattle bones and cleavers and blow horns and um you know banquettes and all this sort of stuff and, and um, suddenly the marioid seems tame <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> So um, there was a lot of that in the medieval period, and they were they were very against, um, yeah, people not fulfilling their their gender norm roles essentially. Then it it continued, but it flipped. So by the time we get nearer to um, the nineteenth century, they are now they're still targeting the men, but they're targeting the men who are abusers. Yeah, that's okay. I'm all right with that. <laughs> a lot better, right? Rather than targeting the men who were abused by the women. They're now at least, uh, you know, doing something a little bit better with that. But it does, you know, in some of the instances, it does get quite violent. And I suppose it's because the targets get um, more, you know, more specifically ethically dodgy. Like they will target people who are, say, committing abuse of various kinds mm -hmm. um, or crimes um, and they would they went from kind of having effigies of them to actually dragging them out of their houses and parading them through the streets and lots of public shaming and you know, that kind of stuff so a skimmington as i say the, the where the band names come from that's the southern england term for it skimmington ride um used in the west countries and so and that comes from the ladle the skimming the skimmington is uh, the ladle that was used for cheese making in that region and then that became the weapon of the woman to beat the weak or henpecked husband so that's where that that term comes from <laughs> messed up man this is not festive you're killing my festive it vibes is. It is. <laughs> i know i just wanted to sort of point out how um, how easily celebrations become vigilantism when you target <laughs> Person, rather than a tree spirit so I think my point is let's all celebrate tree spirits instead of um watching too much mock the week uh <laughs> skimmington rides like actually you know they continue for a long time they were outlawed in 1882 under the highways act because it would count as public disorder but they were recorded in the west country right up until the 1970s hmm. which is on one on one account kind of makes me think wow that's a lot earlier than i would have thought but yeah. having lived in the southwest i'm like no that's probably about right <laughs> <laughs>
that's it. That's that's all I've got for um why sailing. Anything else from you? No, I mean that's it's, it's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's been a wild ride. If you need to decompress, I heartily recommend just typing Scrumpy and Weston into YouTube and following yeah. that track. I'm immediately going to go and listen to that song about being on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so you're really getting hard. Yeah, in anticipation you of that song. Why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. And so our glasses have run dry, which means it's time to take off our stockings in the hope that someone will fill them. Happy holidays, everyone! Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! You can always hear me singing this song. Show me the way to go. Thinking, drinking's done for the year. Fa la 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 la. What excuse have we now for beer? Fa la 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 la. Chinning gin and necking wine. Fa la 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 la. Anything but Larry's moonshine. Fa la 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 la.